This is Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus. Over the next half hour, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, a two-time national best-selling author and leading business advisor, will cover topics that help business owners operate their businesses more profitably and more efficiently. If you're ready to take your business to the next level, this program is for you. And now, here's Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth. All right. Hello and welcome to Mr. Biz Radio with me, Mr. Biz Ken Wentworth. And uh, for our first segment on this show, it is time for our monthly update from none other than our good old friend, Mr. Johnny Dawson of Capstone Wealth Advisors. So, Johnny, welcome back to the show. And what do you got for us this month? Thanks, Mr. Biz. It's always a pleasure being on the show. And thank you for always asking to come back and do this monthly. It's been a pleasure and I hope our listeners get some value out of it. Uh, Today, what I am looking to discuss is we are winding down uh, the last year of this decade. We are looking at what are some tax strategies that we can use going into 2020 and then uh, wrap it up 2019. And so I want to talk a little bit about smart tax strategies to use during a volatile market, which we've also been experiencing. So... Uh, With that, a well-diversified portfolio, we will have some investments that increase in value over time and some that will decrease. And really, no one likes having losses, obviously, in the portfolio, but we may be able to use those losses to generate a lower tax bill given for the calendar year. So I want to talk about a strategy uh, called tax loss harvesting. And this is really good for business owners who's maybe had a, a higher revenue year this year, um, maybe they don't have assets to depreciate like they might have had in previous years. So this is a good strategy to use uh, working with your financial advisor and tax professional. So what you really want to look at first is consider both short-term and long-term capital gains, and there's two types of gains. So our short-term gains and long-term gains, and they have a considerable effect on the tax treatment in your portfolio. So to give you a kind of high-level overview, short-term capital gains are those you realize within one year of owning an investment, and then long-term capital gains are those you realize after one year of owning an investment. Mm -hmm. And here are kind of the key differences between the two tax treatments. So the first one, short-term capital gains, so that tax rate is equal to your ordinary income tax rate, so what we would call your tax bracket, Mm -hmm. and during the year in which you sell the investment. So... For federal income tax brackets in 2019, that could range anywhere from 10% to 37%. State and local taxes could also come into play with short-term capital gains. Mm-hmm. Long-term capital gains is, again, when you sell that investment after you've owned it for a year, and this tax rate is generally more favorable than short-term capital gains rates. So long-term capital gains rates are usually 0, 15 to 20%, and that's dependent on your taxable income and filing status. So special long-term capital gains rates can apply to sales, to certain real estate, collectibles, and small business stocks as well. Um, so what we want to do is we want to review the portfolio and, and Really, if you sell short-term losses, uh, short-term capital gains at a loss, that is more tax beneficial with offsetting long-term capital gains. So there's a lot of strategies that you could use um, to offset your gains that you've made this year if you have some short-term losses within the portfolio. Um, but one of the things that, that you could fall in the trap of is when you're doing tax harvesting, that could help you or 
it could derail a diversified portfolio. So that's really why you want to work with an advisor or your tax accountant to ensure that the portfolio, when you are taking tax harvesting, um, that it remains in line with your risk tolerance. You don't become over-concentrated in either one area of the market or uh, in one equity position um, because you didn't pull any funds out from that fund, ETF, um, or individual stock position. The other thing that people find surprising is, is they will hold actively managed mutual funds within a non-qualified account. So this is like a non-IRA, non-401k account. And when you hold mutual funds within those accounts, every year because the, the portfolio manager is buying and selling stock positions, you are guaranteed to have a capital gain within that portfolio whether you sell the mutual fund or not. Mm-hmm. Um, so you really want to analyze what are, and especially with a high turnover ratio sometimes with the mutual funds, you really want to watch the tax treatment within those mutual funds not to generate um, a taxable event that isn't necessary. And usually if we have clients that are coming from other firms uh, to work with us, we notice that they'll complain about taxes a lot within their portfolio. And really what it came down to was they own mutual funds instead of owning like an ETF, an exchange-traded fund, or an individual stock to where we are now in control of the tax treatment and not a mutual fund company. Mm-hmm. Um, so those are a couple tips that we can look at at the end of this year um, for tax harvesting, helping offset our gains with some of our losses. And then if you if you really don't want to take any gains and you know that you may owe more in taxes this year, you could really help yourself by selling some investments at a short-term loss um, to assist with your taxes for this year as well. Yeah, no, I think they're important things to consider. And hopefully what some of the listeners got out of hearing all this, um, and I'm a financial person, and even some of this, for me, I'm like, okay, wait a minute, back up. What did you say? So, and I even worked in the industry that Johnny's in. Uh, it's been it's been a minute ago, but still, point being that this stuff can be really confusing. And this is one of those things where I talk about not when not to DIY your business, right? Uh, this is confusing enough um, and complex enough in a lot of situations that making an error on something like this can literally cost you thousands, if not potentially how large your portfolio it could be tens of thousands of dollars in tax savings or tax costs. So definitely want to make sure you've got a professional on your side, someone on the financial advisor side, as well as having a strong uh, tax accountant and th- uh, some things of that nature to be able to work as a team to best optimize your tax situation. Because again, it could cost you a lot of money if you don't do that. Yeah, absolutely. And and really what it comes down to is just understanding how different investments work within the tax world um, and then leveraging those tax advantages in your, inside your portfolio. Another area that a lot of people um, really don't take enough advantage of, I, I feel, is municipal bonds. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, municipal bonds within a non-qualified account can really help boost the rate of return and, and add a little more conservative nature to that portfolio. You do have interest rate risk there, but to generate tax-free income within a portfolio in a conservative manner um, can be a, a great beneficial factor into growing that wealth over time and then also lowering your tax burden as well. Yeah, and I mean, it's just another tool, you know, arrow in the quiver of, of uh, diversification as well. So I think that's an important piece of anyone's portfolio. Absolutely. 
Well, as always, Mr. Biz, it is an absolute pleasure to be on the show with you. I hope that our listeners um, can take some action at the end of this year, uh, look at their individual situations. Uh, we are always around uh, for assistance or help or even to, to have a second opinion on your portfolio. Um, I always I always encourage clients, even when they're interviewing us, uh, to be their financial advisor to go talk to a few others um, to get a good feel uh, when it comes to the wealth management and finances, if you, if you don't have a great relationship and a level of trust with the person that's advising you, it's really not a fruitful, long-term relationship, and we always want to have that with our clients. Yeah, absolutely. But we'll wrap up segment here. Give us How can people get a hold of you, John, if they wanted to yeah, get that second so opinion? Feel, yeah, feel free to give us a call. Our office um, here in Columbus, Ohio, uh, we are licensed across the country, um, so there isn't one state that we can't work in. Um, and our number here is area code 614-823-8660, or you could even shoot me an email at johnny, J-O-H-N-N-Y, dot Dawson, D-A-W-S-O-N, at A-M-P-F, applemikepapafrank.com. All right, sounds good. Well, great tips, and thanks again for being on the show, Johnny. Appreciate it. Perfect. Thanks, Mr. Biz. All right. Well, join us again after the break. We're going to pay some bills here. We'll come back. We'll get the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week, and we'll get with our guest this week, Mr. John Farhat. Business owners have a continually growing to-do list with little time for revenue-producing activities. With Check Off Your List and their experienced team of virtual assistants, you can focus on growing your business. Visit CheckOffYourList.com to learn how Check Off Your List's skilled team can handle your day-to-day tasks like social media, bookkeeping, calendar maintenance, and much more. Contact Check Off Your List at CheckOffYourList.com or call 888-262-1249 to see how their virtual assistants can help you live to work rather than work to live. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solution subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. To submit questions to the show, email them to info at MrBizSolutions.com. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right. Welcome back to B2B. Oh, sorry. No, Mr. Biz Radio. I knew I was going to screw it up. So uh, for those of you who did not catch at the beginning, I actually did it correctly at the beginning of the first segment. Uh, we've rebranded, renamed the show. It is no longer B2B Radio. It's now Mr. Biz Radio. Uh, so welcome back to Mr. Biz Radio. And uh, the, it's time for the Mr. Biz Tip of the Week, and this week's tip is a quote from none other than Mr. Grant Cardone. Uh, I think it's an important one to consider. Unsuccessful people simply worry about the cost of a book or training without ever giving the consideration to the benefits it will provide. Um, how many times do you hear this where if you've ever read, a, a really been to a really great seminar, or a conference, something like that, um, if it's really good, it, you know the benefits far outweigh the cost. And same thing, you can find a really good book that... You know, it might cost you twenty bucks, but you know, you you get thousands of dollars worth of value out of it. So, um, a lot of people who think in a scarcity mindset, I think, um, are thinking about that twenty dollars or the hundred dollars for the conference or whatever, as opposed to you know some of the benefits it can provide. So, that is the Mister Biz tip of the week. So now we get to our guest, second guest this week. So we had Mister Dawson there giving us a market update during the first segment. And so now we are going to uh, talk to our guest, second guest this week, Mr. John Farhat, 
who is the founder and owner of Farhat Services Company. John, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Thank you uh, for having me as the first guest on uh, Mr. Biz <laughs> yes, Radio. Yeah, you are. You are the inaugural. So um, so I met John uh, through a common uh, friend a while back, and, and he and I sat down. I think we had like a maybe a 45-minute or hour scheduled, and we ended up sitting there for like, I don't know, a couple hours. And all of a sudden, both of us were like, oh, crap, we didn't even realize how long we'd been speaking Oh my gosh, I had to run to the other side of town. John had to run to the other side of town. Uh, so we had a really good conversation. I'm like, you got to come on the show. So, And I'm really appreciative for you having me here. Yeah, uh, no, absolutely. I think we, that day we had a great conversation. We had, uh, it seems like we look at the world in this very similar way that we look at uh, things in a, coming from the same perspective. Mm-hmm. And that I like very much. And I don't know if that means we're crazy or or we're like just like crazy like Fox. I'm not sure. I mean, honestly, who wants to be normal? Crazy <laughs> right. is great. That's right. That's right. Well, John, so tell us a little bit. Uh, I like to always share with the with the listeners, the guests, sort of your your entrepreneurial journey. You got a long entrepreneurial journey. You've done a lot of different things. Tell us a little bit about that journey. So I started uh, this journey in in the late 1990s. Uh, I uh, was working for a consulting firm, and at the point uh, that uh, things were moving for me, and I was starting to think about uh, what I wanted to do and uh, uh, how I wanted to do things, and it became very obvious for me at that point that uh, being part of that group was simply not going to cut it. And <laughs> it was uh, an interesting project that actually brought that home uh, because I had done a project where uh, the main uh, people on the project were very well-known people. They were very uh, famous uh, company CEOs. And you can look at them. You can see how things are done. And you go back to the company where you were at and you look at it and you're like, no, 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 yeah. no. I've seen this. This isn't the way you're supposed to be doing it. <laughs> and so eventually, you know, I, uh, uh, I I put my money where my mouth is. And it was a, a real funny story because I had had my second child and my wife was working in food service management. She had had uh, uh, a lot of time where she was out of the house and working and wanted to spend more time with the kids. Mm-hmm. So we decided on a Tuesday that we're both going to walk into our manager's offices. We're going <laughs> to tender our resignations and uh, do the Cortez thing, sink or swim. Yeah. And uh, obviously it's worked out so so far. We've, uh, we haven't had to sink yet. Yes. Um, yes. And so that was in 1997, started the first company. But, you know, I mean, it doesn't sound as... Um, Risky as it might sound, because back then, if you could breathe, everybody was working on Y2K. So if you could breathe and you were doing IT, you were set. And uh, so after doing that, it became obvious that certain things were not going to be available uh, after the Y2K stuff, that uh, clients had spent a lot of money and uh, also went out looking for different ways to make money. Mm -hmm. And uh, that's when I started uh, really getting into the entrepreneurial world where uh, I realized that just because you want something done, it doesn't get done. <laughs> and, the, and then the world is not uh, working at the same pace as you are. So uh, in the uh, early 2000s, you know, literally late 1990s, uh, we worked on a project that was supposed to be a uh, uh, online a web management tool. And mm-hmm. back then, we, you couldn't sell that to anybody because nobody was interested in anything like that. And we were about 10, 12 years ahead of the market. Sure. Yeah. So we couldn't sell any of that. Then we got into a partnership with a different company to work on a slightly different product. And that's when I learned uh, 
the use of a good financial person and a great attorney. So we, we <laughs> ran into trouble because we weren't very, very careful with that. Mm-hmm. And then we um, uh, started a number of things. And then we settled on a cloud business in 2003 and uh, ran the cloud business, grew the cloud business. And then st- at the end of that, uh, it uh, became obvious to me that I had all this experience that I had accumulated and that I needed to help companies with the strategy, with the view on the financials, with the view on making IT work for the bottom line and not the other way around. Mm -hmm. And that's when Farhat Services, and we called it Farhat Services because we tried for more a boring name, but we couldn't come up with anything (laughs) more boring than that. And uh, so we uh, started that in 2016 with the idea that uh, companies spend IT as uh, as a source of expense rather than spending it strategically to get everything together in a way that makes the company money as opposed to just having it as an expense. And it's been a great trip th- so far. Yeah, no, and, and that's what, you know, that's what I should have mentioned at the outset. And I wanted to talk to John about was, again, he's got a bunch of business, business ventures, but I wanted to specifically talk about his IT business and using what I'm phrasing it as is using IT as a strategic weapon. Um, and so it's not just an expense. If it's used effectively, it can actually pay for itself. It's not only supposed to pay for itself. It's supposed to actually make you money. <laughs> right. <laughs> and it's supposed to make you money because um, you're doing it better than the competition. You're using it as a way to compete against other people or you're using it as a way to reduce your costs that uh, your competitors don't know about, which means that at the end of the day, you are uh, producing money either at the top line or at the or at mm-hmm. the bottom line. So mm-hmm. somewhere in there, unless you're working very, very carefully to do it, then it won't happen. Mm-hmm. And that's where I think a lot of people will who look at IT as, hey, it's just an expense. These are people who are not going to make uh, the same strategic decisions and the same uh, type of decisions that will allow them to make that uh you know, to make that uh, transition into having IT being a strategic tool. Yeah. And I think it's, it's, I mean, I get it. It's kind of a paradigm shift because as you mentioned before, most people think of IT as just a necessary evil. It's an expense. It's not, you know, not thinking of it as a strategic weapon. So I think that's why your approach is, is a unique approach and, and something that's, you know, frankly, innovative. Well, and if you think of it this way, uh, in order to have a strategy for any business, that strategy has to be executable. And in order for a strategy to be executable in the tw- in the 2000s, 2000, you know, 10s and 20s, <laughs> right, right. Uh, it has to be what I call IT-able. <laughs> yep. And if that strategy is not IT-able, then the reality of it is you don't have a strategy. You have a book of fiction. Yep. Yep. I agree. I agree. Well, good stuff here, John. So we're going to uh, take a break here. Of course, things always, time always goes by pretty quickly. We're going to take a break. Again, we're talking with John Farhat of Farhat Services Company. And we'll take a break. We'll come back. Um, and we'll talk, learn a little bit more about uh, Farhat Services Company, and we're going to pick his brain on how exactly to use IT as a strategic weapon. So you can always follow us, of course, on uh, all the social media accounts, Facebook, uh, Mr. Biz Solutions. Uh, I'm on uh, LinkedIn as Mr. Biz, and Twitter at Mr. Biz Tweets. So again, join us after the break on Mr. Biz Radio. Are you frustrated with trying to grow your business? You're not alone because the business growth experts at TriTraction are here to help. TriTraction's proven business systems, marketing, and sales formula has helped many businesses like yours achieve amazing results. Could your company benefit from explosive sales growth and a huge jump in website traffic? 
Call 800-719-4281 today for a free consultation with the business growth experts at Tritraction. That's 800-719-4281. Systems plus marketing plus sales equals business growth. Thank you for being a Mr. Biz Solutions subscriber and listening to B2B Radio. Would you like to have your business highlighted in this spot? You can reach our entire subscriber base, all of Mr. Biz Nation, every week and archive for future listeners. We can record your very own spot to highlight your business, and you can also use it anywhere else you want, including your website or social media. If you are interested, please email us at info at MrBizSolutions.com. Don't hesitate, because there are limited spots available. Check out both of Mr. Business National Best-Selling Books, Pathway to Profits, and How to Be a Cash Flow Pro on Amazon. Now, once again, here's Mr. Biz. All right, welcome back to Mr. Biz Radio. Me, Mr. Biz, Ken Wentworth, and I should mention we are brought to you by the good folks at Capital Plus. They unlock your capital and unleash your business potential. They create customized financial solutions for growing businesses nationwide. All right, so uh, we're, uh, we only got one segment left here. We've got about nine minutes. So I want to learn a little bit more, John. Again, we're talking with John Farhat, who's a founder and owner of Farhat Services Company. Of, of what Farhat Services Company, how do you typically help and, re, and, and uh, interact with another business, how you help them? And then we're going to get into, I want to get into a couple of these tips on how to use IT as a, as a uh, strategic weapon. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so basically what, uh, what we normally do is we look at, uh, we're, we're approached by clients. We don't generally uh, go out looking for clients so far. Uh, uh, word of mouth and people who have uh, come our way has been a, a great way for us to generate business. And what uh, we look at is the strategic plan and their ability to execute that strategic plan. As I said in the, in, the, in the previous segment, if you have a strategic plan that you cannot execute, then you have a book of fiction. <laughs> and so the execution of that strategic plan is really, really critical. Mm-hmm. And that strategic plan has to uh, be executed via IT because one way or another, IT is going to be is going to be a part of that solution mm-hmm. or a big part of that solution. And what that entails is uh, replacing systems, upgrading systems, understanding how systems interact with each other, understanding that if you are in the process of replacing a, a system, what uh, effects are other things going to have? Uh, how are you going to be able to manage that? Uh, are you not seeing all the effects that are going to be caused by a major change in the system? And honestly, what I see a lot of times is people working on uh, solutions that take way too long to implement. So in the uh, the life of an IT solution is, what, three, five years? Yeah. And if you're planning on the business, you know, multiplying three, five, ten times in those three to five years, then you're probably not being very realistic about what uh, you're trying to do and your approach. And a lot of things that are difficult today to do are not going to be very difficult tomorrow or the day after. Mm-hmm. And so the idea is you take that plan and then you work on a way to implement it in pieces that are no longer than 6 to 12 weeks, let's say. Mm-hmm. And so on a quarterly basis, you're generating something that can bring you results. And mm-hmm. those results uh, should be um, something very easy to measure. And you want to be able to see whether you've actually hit the mark or not hit the mark. So what happens in many cases is as people are working on these longer projects, you end up creating a little bit of chaos. I'm not against chaos. Chaos is okay every once in a while. But uh, when you create that chaos is because 
your departments need data. And then as they're getting into that data that they cannot get from the system because they've been promised that it's going to be 18 months out, then they're bringing in consultants <laughs> to yep. work on getting them that data. Mm-hmm. So all of a sudden now you have everybody working on the same thing but different things. Mm-hmm. And you end up with uh, your IT budget kind of being all over the place. And it's not necessarily managed by uh, your IT people, but managed by the business, which which is quite okay, uh, except for the fact that one department is doing something that's probably contrarian to what the other department is doing, and so you don't have any unified way of, of, of making it happen. So the idea is if you limit the scope and limit the amount of time that it takes to generate an X deliverable, mm-hmm. then what you've done is you've taken that deliverable in a way that produces an immediate result. Six to eight weeks or 12 weeks mm-hmm. is, is an immediate result. Mm-hmm. 18 months is not an immediate right. result. Right. And so you start slowly working on the different ways and maybe readjusting how you implement the plan so that you have ways of making money based on the changes that you make or you have ways of cutting costs based on the changes that you make. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it makes perfect sense. And even from my corporate days, I can remember you know, large-scale IT projects, same thing. I mean, it would be frustrating. Right, because you you're told, hey, we're going to do this great grand thing that's going to make your job so much easier, and it's going to be done in two years. Yep. And you're like, well, holy heck, you know. In the meantime, I'm creating things um, that this supposed new solution is going to do for me. Right. Um, utilizing people's bandwidth things. That, so I think the approach is fantastic because again, you're getting those small wins along the way. And by the way, I'm sure you get a lot more buy-in as you go further along, right? Because people see, oh my gosh, this is coming to fruition. Well, and and this is much more critical for smaller or medium businesses Mm -hmm. because, uh, I mean, if you're a a $10 billion business, uh, obviously you're going all over the place at the same time. But in 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 a medium market, you don't have the same bandwidth. You don't have the same... Uh, resources, you don't have the same amount of money to throw at things, mm-hmm. and, which means that the way you implement these things has to be a much more thoughtful way and, and laid out in a way that helps you achieve your strategic plan. Mm-hmm. Uh, otherwise, like I said, I keep I keep talking about the fiction, but yeah. a lot of strategic plans that I've seen that I look at tend to be uh, very much uh, happy unicorns and fiction. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I'm definitely familiar with that. I'm the reality checker guy. Well, that's a good thing. <laughs> sometimes that doesn't make me very popular, but uh, in the long run it does. In the short term, sometimes not so much. All right, so we're, we've only got about three minutes left, so I want to make sure we can pick your brain a little bit. Give the listeners some tips on on how to use that IT as a strategic weapon. So maybe that's in the form of some of the things not to do, right, to avoid that you've seen companies that have done and been unsuccessful, things like that. So let me... Let me put it this way. Everybody, for example, is worried about ransomware and, you know, the amount of money that uh, you would have to put out in in case you're attacked by ransomware. It's a threat. It's a problem. Don't let me minimize that. Mm -hmm. But that threat and that problem could end up costing you ten, twenty, thirty thousand dollars $30,000. A bad decision can cost you hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of thousands of dollars. So step number one, focus on the things that you can control and then implement what you can control in a strategic, methodical way without forgetting that the first job that you have to do if you're in the middle of the swamp is to drain the swamp, <laughs> and then the alligators will go away with it. Right. <laughs> so tip number one, drain the swamp, the alligators will go. I like it. I like it. Uh, I think tip number two is 
as you work through your uh, business on a day-to-day basis, uh, one of the big things that I do with, with my clients is uh, something I call uh, uh, ludicrous simplicity. Okay. Is if we were to take your business and bring it down to the most ludicrous, simplest way possible, what would it be? And then we start building things up from that from there, okay. simplest, 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 simplest thing that we can get to. Because with that, then we're not making decisions about creating these big, humongous monsters. We're making decisions on what is really important. And then we can add to what's really important, what's secondarily really important. Mm-hmm. And then we can go from there in helping the business uh, build itself up in a way that generates it money. Yeah. That makes perfect sense. Makes perfect sense. And again, it takes these things and breaks them down, makes it so it's a lot more digestible. And frankly, I'm sure as well, makes it more digestible from the upfront cost perspective too, right? Absolutely. Because you're spacing things out a little bit. Absolutely, because I'm, I'm sure you tell everybody, cash flow, cash flow, cash flow. Oh, yeah. So if you're uh, <laughs> if you're uh, spreading uh, your project over a number of months, and then but doing things that will generate you money or save you money along the way, then that cash flow is helped by doing that. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, really good tips. John, you're going to have to come back. Will you come back? I will. Yeah, I'm going to have to come back and talk about some of this stuff more and even talk about some of your other businesses. But So tell us how we, uh, listeners can get a hold of you. Uh, the easiest way is uh, honestly to call me. Mm-hmm. I will likely be on the phone and you're <laughs> going to have to leave me voicemail. But uh, call me at uh, 614-582-1061. All right. John Farhat, uh, Farhat Services Company. Uh, website? Uh, website is F. SCIX.com, which stands for Farhat Services Company, Inc., with an X because to make it cool. Yeah, yeah. Like F6. Like F6. Like F6. Yeah. Uh, well, again, thanks, John. I really appreciate you coming on the show. Uh, thanks, for our sh- uh, thanks for listening to the show. Thanks to our show sponsor, Capital Plus. Have a great week, and don't forget, cash flow is king. This has been Mr. Biz Radio, sponsored by Capital Plus, a division of United Capital Funding Group. Capital Plus is your trusted resource for commercial financing and accounts receivable management. They've been providing working capital to businesses nationally for more than 27 years. Learn more about them at capplus.com forward slash Mr. Biz. Or to schedule a free consultation, call 855-522-3951.